You're listening to the Southwide Baptist Church Podcast with Pastor Jeremy Lewis. At Southwide Baptist Church, our mission is to boldly proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ and thereby lead people to worship God authentically, connect in biblical community, grow in Christian maturity, and multiply disciples and churches both locally and globally. For more information about our church, please visit www.southwidebaptist.com. Now let's join Pastor Jeremy for today's message. It's only appropriate this morning that if you have a copy of God's Word, that you turn with me to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, and we're going to spend a few moments... Uh, This morning, Christmas morning, looking to what is the Christmas story. Amen? The Christmas story of Jesus. By now, probably most of you have already celebrated in various ways with various traditions. Uh, Last night and this morning, uh, maybe some gift exchanges, Christmas movies, Uh, Some of you having family over, some of you are probably already contemplating how quickly you can take the Christmas decorations down in a few days, Um, but most of you have already celebrated in one way or another traditions that in your family have uh, never been forgotten, and you've just celebrated year after year. Well, this is one of those traditions that should never be forgotten. The, the, the reading of the true Christmas story, the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And we get the rare privilege this morning of gathering together on the Lord's Day, on Sunday, which is Christmas morning, and celebrating the greatest gift that anyone could ever receive. And no doubt you've already opened up gifts so far this morning, but Jesus is the greatest gift given to the world. Amen? So we celebrate him this morning. So I want to invite you, uh, if you are able, to stand with me in honor of the reading of God's Word. So we read together the Christmas story and spend just a few moments looking at one major theme that we see in this story. The Bible says, In those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee to the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly 
there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. Lord Jesus, we pray now as we spend just a few moments in this story that you would give us a glimpse into what is your glory. And I pray that we would, as we see it rightly, that we would live differently for the sake of your kingdom and your glory, not just in our own lives, in the lives of our children and our families, but even in the lives of those to the ends of the earth. May you receive glory and honor in the hearts and lives of people. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You can be seated. There is so much to be learned from the Christmas story. We could talk about the decree of Caesar Augustus and all that was going on in the world. And we could think about all of the world events that were happening and all that God ordered to bring about the perfect moment, that moment in time where it was right to bring about the birth of his only son and how God brought about His Son to be the ruler of the world, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and the fact that He is sovereign. We could talk about the great fulfillment of prophecy, couldn't we? That Jesus is the one who is the one who came from the house and lineage of David, the root of Jesse, the one who would be seated on the throne, Messiah, Jesus the Christ, and that in Him every promise of God is yes and amen. We could talk about that. We could talk about this silent, humble night where the shepherds, the lowliest of people, heard the good news of Jesus. And Jesus brought this to them in order that he might show us how he lifts up the broken and the poor in spirit and contrite in heart. So many significant messages in this Christmas story. I want to focus on one particular message. In fact, I want to focus on one particular word, and that word contained in one particular phrase in this story. Namely, the word glory, and its use in the phrase, glory to God in the highest. After the birth of Jesus, the very first birth announcement that went out was to the shepherds. When the angel declared that a Savior had been born... A Savior was born in Bethlehem, and it was to this group of lowly shepherds. They were keeping watch over their flock, and by night, in the middle of the night, this angel appears. Normal night, maybe even cold like we've been experiencing. And from out of the darkness comes this angel. And the shepherds, the Bible says, were filled with great fear because they were startled. I would imagine so if you saw an angel, if 
I saw an angel, I'd be startled in the middle of the night. I get startled at hearing a noise in the middle of the night, right? Maybe they were startled. Maybe this was because it was the first time God had spoken in 400 years, perhaps. Maybe it was because usually angels brought God's judgment. That may certainly be true. But Luke tells us the reason, the, the one reason why they were so afraid. He tells us in verse 9 that the glory of the Lord shone around them. They were afraid because the glory of God. The word glory in the Greek is the word doxa. Literally, it means weight or heaviness or worth. It carries the meaning of worth much like you would think of gold or silver. If you have a bag of gold or silver, much of many of us might like that for Christmas, right? But if you had a bag of gold or silver, it's going to be heavy and it's worth something. We often gauge how much something is worth by how much it weighs. And this is what we're seeing in the glory of God. God's worth, His heaviness, His all-consuming glory. The, the fact that His worth surpasses all things. His, his value, His magnific- magnificence, His splendor. And it's not something that's just weight. It shines forth. The Bible says that the glory of the Lord shone all around them and they were filled with great fear. It's something that proceeds forth from God. And it's something that He intends for man to see. His glory. The glory of God shining forth, declaring His priceless worth. The word is used again when the multitude of angels appears, a great company. The idea is an army of angels, like this is thousands of angels, a vast number. And upon hearing the news of Jesus, they sing to God these words, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. Glory to God in the highest. The phrase, in the highest, is attached to glory, not to show us that the magnitude of His glory, but rather the height of His glory. What do I mean by that? It's not that if you were to take all things on the earth and compare God's glory to those things, His worth to those things, that God would be the most glorious of all. It's that His glory is such that it is in the highest of heavens, Meaning there's nothing on earth, no gift on Christmas morning, no thing you've always wanted, no being home for the holidays, no family relationship, nothing that is even comparable to the worth of God. That is how altogether glorious He is. And that glory... That weight, He desired to make known to mankind. He wanted us to see His glory. And it was not enough that the heavens declare the glory of God. It was not enough that all men be without excuse because they have some superficial, distant knowledge of God. No, 
God came to earth as a baby and was born in order that we might see his worth in the face of Jesus Christ. Isn't that what John's gospel says at the beginning? Do you remember chapter 1 and verse 14? And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his Glory. We have seen His worth. Glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. The supreme worth of Jesus is what the angels are singing of. And so here's what I want you to get this morning. Christmas is the shining declaration of the supreme worth of Jesus Above all things. That is the meaning of Christmas. And his glory, his supreme worth that he has without adding anything to him or taking anything away. He needs no one to declare that. He is altogether glorious and he has made that known. And yet, and yet, he finds worth, value, mission in making that known among us. That it would be known, and as we just read, Mary, that it would be treasured in our hearts. That it would be declared from our lips. That our lives would be the story of Jesus' worth. We live in a world of misplaced worth. The hearts of men and women, teenagers, children... Our hearts are sinful. And in our sinful state, we tend to take our affections that should be reserved for God and we place them on lesser things. Things that aren't altogether worthy. Things that aren't altogether valuable. That aren't altogether glorious. We tend to praise those things. With our lips and our lives and the affections of our heart. We live in a world of misplaced worth. We take what God calls unworthy. And we declare it to be of worth. That's what the Bible calls idolatry. We live in a world of misplaced worth. We ascribe weight and value and treasure things in our heart to the very things that God says are not worthy, are things of dishonor. The one who is of infinite worth, we trade him in order to receive these other things. And that's all around us, by the way, and it's deep within us, and it takes all kinds of different shapes and sizes. It's filled with dead end streets. That promise us worth and value and they never deliver. It's plagued with a distorted sense of what worth really is and it actually ends up leaving us empty and unsatisfied and without treasure. It leaves us trying to define our own self-worth by the things that we have. And the things that we've done. And the relationships that we're in. And the things that we hope to have or to do. And what ends up happening 
is it leaves us trying to define our own self-worth by things that could never satisfy. And worse, when it comes to God, we not only miss the one that we were created to enjoy and to be satisfied in forever, we find ourselves rightly standing in fear like these shepherds before the glory of God that is our judgment. Imagine standing before the greatest treasure in the world and saying, I'd rather have something else. And that treasure's God. And this is what we've done. But Christmas, again, is the shining declaration of the supreme worth of Jesus above all things. So, two things in the statement in verse 14. Glory to God in the highest. That's the truth. But it's not just in the highest. It's not just in the heaven of heavens. Because of Jesus, it is on earth peace among those with whom He is pleased. God's infinite worth brought down to earth in order that we might treasure His worth in our hearts. And that's good news. It is great joy. It is everlasting peace. Why? It wouldn't have been everlasting peace for the shepherds were it not for the second part of their announcement. The announcement is in verse 11. It is because unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. The good news of a Savior that Jesus did not just display the worth of God in order that we might see what we should have had and lost by our own rebellion, but rather Jesus displays the very glory glory of God and He does so in order that we might be restored to what would satisfy us forever, namely God Himself. He's a Savior. Jesus came to redeem us, to save us from all of those broken Roads. He came to be born and to die. And his priceless worth would be displayed on a sinner's cross. Jesus would take his priceless worth and he would exchange it for the filthy rags of sin as he took on sin himself and became sin for us in order that we might become The righteousness of God in Him. He took our worthlessness and exchanged it for His infinite worth before a holy God. This is why it is such good news at Christmas. And not only that, but He forgives all of our turning away from Him to worthless things. And He says, let me satisfy you in my love and my presence forevermore. This is the joy of Christmas. Though we traded Him for lesser things, we find infinite joy in Him because of the Gospel. There's a great invitation at the end of Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 55. And it goes like this. Come everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And he who has no money, come, buy, and eat. 
come by wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread and your labor for that which does not satisfy? Listen diligent to me and eat what is good and delight yourselves in rich food. Incline your ear and come to me hear that your soul may live and I will make an everlasting covenant. My steadfast, sure love for David. Verse six says, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord that he may have compassion on him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. This is our invitation this morning to come and behold the surpassing worth of Jesus and to abandon all else to follow him. Would you bow your heads this morning as we come down to this time of our service where we give you an opportunity to respond to the gospel? Some of you this morning needed to be reminded of how worthy Jesus is. That He's worth not just your casual thoughts, your casual attention. He is worth your whole life. And today you need to renew that. Coming into a new year, giving this year to Jesus and everything that He desired to do with you. There may even be someone here this morning who you've never given your life to Jesus. You've never trusted in Jesus for salvation. And we want to invite you to do that today. So in just a few moments, we're going to stand. There's going to be a time of this altar being open. Maybe you need to come and pray for some other need in your life or pray for a friend. Maybe you need to come and pray with somebody. I'll be here ready to receive you. Or maybe you want to give your life to Jesus. We want to just invite you to come. To come and trust in Jesus as Lord and Savior. And then we're going to sing together and declare the glory of God as we shine and light our candles for the Lord. Would you stand with me this morning all across the room? Lord Jesus, we pray that you would have your way in our hearts and that today you would be glorified by your people. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. This altar is open. You come this morning, whatever the need is. You've been listening to the Southwide Baptist Church Podcast with Pastor Jeremy Lewis. For more information about our church, please visit www.southwidebaptist.com. We also invite you to connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram by searching for Southwide BC. Thank you for listening, and may you continue to worship, connect, grow, and multiply as you follow Jesus Christ. Christ.